Hi everyone, welcome to Cancer Healing Journey Talks. Myself Sonali Modi from Community Outreach Team of Zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer. Cancer Healing Journey Talks help cancer survivors and caregivers to share their journey with vast number of other caregivers and survivors and it also motivates and inspires them for the faster recovery. So firstly, I would like to introduce you to today's speaker, Ms. Guinea Brandt. She is a cancer survivor. I am happy that you are here with us today, ma'am, to share your journey. So over to you, ma'am. Please start with your introduction. Okay. Yes, my name is Jenny Brandt, and I live in South Carolina in the United States of America. And I am an aggressive breast cancer survivor. So what cancer type it was and at what stage it got diagnosed? Well, to be perfectly honest, when I got the news, you have cancer, it was just four months after my mother had died of breast cancer. And I found the lump providentially by the grace of God, because in the middle of the night, my ring got caught in my nightie and I was trying to free it. And that's when I felt the lump. So the first news I got was, yes, it's breast cancer. The next week they told me it's aggressive breast cancer. And then 10 days later, when the MRI results came back, a surgeon looked at me and told me it's worse than we thought. It appears to be in your lymph nodes and in certain parts of your body. Well, that's about the worst news anyone could hear, a stage four aggressive breast cancer. But I recommend to everyone that they do get that second opinion. In my country, insurance pays for that. And so I went to a breast cancer specialty clinic in Chicago, and they were able to see that that MRI was a little bit tricky looking, meaning that it looked like cancer was all over my body in my lymph nodes. That part they said was inflammation, that the biopsy had caused an inflammation that had spread throughout my body and it wasn't necessarily the cancer. So I was at first diagnosed stage four. It was aggressive breast cancer, but in the end, after the surgery and further tests, it turned out to be stage two. But I had to be treated like a stage four cancer patient because it was aggressive. And if one speck of that aggressive cancer got out in my system and they couldn't say for sure that it wasn't there, a speck, they had to put me through the same treatment as a stage four cancer patient. Yeah. So what were the symptoms and how it got diagnosed? You know, I didn't have any symptoms. I felt great. That night that I found the lump, I had actually finished a 10 kilometer Cooper River Bridge run. Now I didn't run the entire thing. I walked it briskly. So I was in good health. I was feeling great. So, and I was known as a health nut. Of course, through the cancer journey, I learned that I was not as much of a health nut as I thought. And I certainly had a lot more to learn about how God created the body and what I could do to keep my body healthy. Yes. So what was your first reaction when you got to know that you're diagnosed with cancer and how your family took this news? Oh, it was the shock of all shocks. It was so unbelievable because I just lost my mother to it and been through it with her that I would wake up in the morning and I would look at my husband and I would say, honey, do I have cancer or is this just the nightmare I can't 
wake up from? And he would say, honey, you have cancer. And every morning he would pray over me that God would guide us and direct us. Mm -hmm. And he did. But, you know, just like every cancer patient, I went through the shock and the fear and the worry. And I was riding that roller coaster of ups and downs. And then I realized, you know, from my research that fear and worry only hurt your immune system. So I realized that I needed to use my faith to help manage my emotions. And I began to spend more time in prayer and studying God's word and doing what, you know, the Bible tells us to do about looking for the good things, even in the middle of a crisis, giving thanks to God, even in the middle of a breast cancer journey for all the things that were happening around me that were good. So in other words, I wasn't concentrating on all the negative and all the side effects and all of the things that take you down. I was concentrating on all the good things that were happening in the middle of the crisis of my life. And that kept my emotional health balanced so I could go through the journey and promote healing in my body instead of just riding the fear and worry roller coaster. Yeah. So what treatment you underwent? Well, I had uh, surgery, you know, they had to put a port in, they had to take a port out. I had to have uh, three breast cancer surgeries. And then I had chemotherapy for six months, four, not one, but four different chemicals. And then I had a immunotherapy infusion for an entire year, every three weeks. Then when all that was over, I started the, what they call pill by mouth to block estrogen production in my body. And I just finished that in December. So it was literally six and a half years of surgery, chemo and treatments. Yes, so how many chemotherapy cycles you took and like what type of chemotherapy it was? Oh gosh, <clears throat> I took some type of taxatier and cytoplatin, something like that, okay. uh, Herceptin and per Pergetta. Okay. So at the, all at the same time, I lost my hair. After the first chemotherapy, every hair fell from my body. That's how harsh the chemotherapy was. But I knew that the hair would grow back. So I was not concerned about hair. I was concerned about my brain and my liver and my entire body. I was con concerned about beating the cancer and lessening the side effects because there were eight risk factors known by medicine for the breast cancer I got. I didn't have not even one of them. I had none of the risk factors. So my doctors did extensive genetic testing because my mother had died of breast cancer, but she was 82. Hmm. Those tests showed I had no genetic factors either. So I had no reason to point to for this cancer. And that sent me on a quest to discover, number one, what caused my cancer? Because if I don't know what caused it, how am I going to keep it from coming back? And then the other thing I wanted to find out is what I could do as the patient to help my doctors to beat my cancer 
and what I could do to lessen the side effects of all these treatments. And as I prayed and I researched, God began to pull the curtain back on cancer for me so that I could make a difference in my own prognosis. Yeah. So did you find any alternative treatment? Did I do any what? Alternative treatment. I did. I put the two together. Okay. Because I had aggressive cancer, I did what the conventional doctor said to do. And I had a naturopathic doctor and a nutritionist assigned to me. And they were very, very helpful. They recommended nutraceuticals, turmeric, which is very big in your country, curcumin, yeah, yeah. you know, it's known as a spice, but it's a healing, um, it's definitely a healing that reduces inflammation, green tea extract. Um, they told me to do certain things to get through chemotherapy. Now, the interesting thing is nobody told me to do this and I didn't get it from my research. I was doing it to relieve stress, but stress is, you know, it's intense during the cancer journey. And so after my first surgery, I had a hundred stitches and I wanted to get up and walk around and get the catheter out. And the nurse said, if I walked four rounds of the hospital floor, he would pull it out. And I had all these other breast tubes that were supposed to stay with me for weeks. Well, I got up and it felt so good to walk. I walked two miles on the hospital floor that day, dragging my poles behind me with all the tubes and all the medical equipment. And what my doctor said, and by the way, my, uh, my surgeon and my radiologist and my oncologist were the most wonderful people and they were all of Indian descent yeah. in America. And they were just absolutely the best anyone could have. But she said, all that walking, you know, oxygenated my body, pumped out the anesthesia. It lessened my risk of blood clots. And before I left the hospital, she said, we've never done this before. We're pulling all of your breast tubes. Your body has already taken care of the lymphatic drainage. So yeah. exercise helped me get through surgery. Doesn't cost a dime, right? And then I decided, well, that worked for surgery to relieve stress and help me. I'll use it before and after chemotherapy. Let's be honest, no one wants chemotherapy, right? Mm. But I had an aggressive cancer, so I was nervous about it. So I walked two miles with my husband before chemotherapy and two miles after eight hours of chemotherapy, I walked two miles to get back to the hotel room. And after I finished chemotherapy and my red blood cells and white blood cells and platelets were back to normal ranges within six weeks instead of two to five years, my doctors called me their rock star cancer patient. But what's amazing is after that, research in Australia would show 30 cancer entities coming together that exercise is the best thing a cancer patient can do. And it helps the chemo to target the cancer. It helps to pump all the toxins out of your body through your lymphatic system, because that's the one system in your body that only moves when you move. So here I am putting the best of conventional medicine together with the best of holistic medicine. And it made a huge difference. 
Now, I also exercised throughout taking the pill for five years. I'm still doing it today because all of this causes you to lose bone density. And I learned a yoga routine from an expert yoga teacher that was specifically designed by her for me to hold my bone density. And it worked. Yeah. It worked. I didn't have to take other drugs from the doctors to keep my bones strong because the yoga exercises and breathing did it for me. Yeah. So how did you manage your emotional well-being? To be perfectly honest, I had to read God's word every day. I had to meditate on it and pray. And that relieved a lot of stress. And like I said, I had to look at the good things that were happening in the middle of this crisis. And I had to, um, I learned to give thanks to God in the middle of everything. And I later found in research that expressing gratitude, prayer, meditation, looking on the good things, all these things help promote healing in the body. I call it in my book, Unleash Your God-Given Healing, using your faith to manage your emotions. Because if your emotions are on a more even keel during the cancer journey, rather than up and down and up and down, your body's going to heal better. In that way, you are helping your doctor to beat your cancer because your doctor cannot control your emotions. If you go through the cancer journey saying, I'm probably gonna die, this is gonna be horrible, there's no hope, and then you go in to take chemotherapy, it's probably not gonna work in you. Chemo is gonna work better if you have an uplifted spirit as you're going through it. And so, you know, learning how to use your faith to manage your emotions is something I have several chapters on in my book, but also using food as medicine. I never did that until I got to the cancer journey. I thought I was eating healthy. I thought I was a health nut only to find that I had so much to learn about the plant chemicals that are in the foods that God has given us, the antioxidants, the phytochemicals, the fiber, all these things that work together when you eat a variety of plants and herbs and spices and nuts and seeds, fruits and vegetables, and now that is what I eat on an everyday basis. I simply eat more plants and I've never eaten this many plants in all my life, but that is where there's so much medicinal value in those plants. And every plant that God made in his kingdom helps to prevent and fight cancer. Some are stronger than others like blueberries helps to cut off the blood supply to cancer tumors. As a result, my husband and I both eat a cup of blueberries in our smoothie every single day. Flaxseed, freshly ground flaxseed, lowers your risk for estrogen-fed breast cancers. So I have flaxseed in my smoothie every day. So there are certain things like cruciferous vegetables, actually help cut off the blood supply to cancer tumors and are cancer fighting. I have cruciferous vegetables in my smoothie every single 
day. So when you realize that we can make our food as medicine for our bodies, it's a, it's a different way of eating instead of eating meat three times a day. I'll have different sources of meat that are not, not meat, but protein that come from plants. Some may come from meat, but I don't eat meat three times a day like I used to. And that is a standard thing in the American diet. That's not as good for us. Meat provides protein, but it's hard to digest. So now I vary the source of the protein and use nuts and seeds and all kinds of things and vary it. And the more you vary your diet with different plants, the better off your microbiome and your gut lining is going to be. Now, chemotherapy destroys the gut lining worse than antibiotics. So my doctors are giving me things to protect my gut lining during chemo. And then when chemotherapy is over, I completely rebuilt my gut lining. 70% of our immune system is located in that gut lining. So that was very important for me to get my immune system back on track after going through chemotherapy and cancer. If you are diagnosed with cancer, that means your immune system is suppressed. So it was very important for me to do everything I could to enhance my immune system during the cancer journey. And these are permanent habits that I will take with me throughout the rest of my life. Yes. So uh, how you felt when you first heard that you are cancer free? How did I, how did I feel? Yeah. Uh, I was... I was horrified. I mean, I was just in shock and it, it took me a while to, to process that and then to start take, taking action to make things better. But just like every cancer patient, the doctor I wrote the book with, Dr. Elliot said, when a cancer patient receives a cancer diagnosis, all of these chemicals go off in your body, negative chemicals. And you have to deal with that first and get your body back to a level place in order to be treated. But it's just normal that, you know, it's, it's not an easy diagnosis to get. I would have to say it's probably the worst news I've ever received in my life when the doctor told me that. Yes. You know, there are times when you feel that it's too much to handle, but you still don't give up. So what was the one thing that... Uh, kept you going on such days and motivated you the most? I would have to say reading God's word. And I would also have to say the support of my husband through the mm -hmm. entire journey. You know, when I had lost every hair on my head and I had been through a breast cancer surgery with a hundred stitches, every morning when I would wake up, he would look at me and say, you're still the most beautiful woman in America. And, you know, frankly, I didn't look so, so good, okay? My, my breast had been mutilated because of the surgery and I didn't have any hair on my head and I looked weak. And, but to him, I was still the most beautiful woman in the world. And, you know, that's important to have that support of a spouse or a parent or friends or your church community, your, your faith community, 
because all of that helps people to get through the cancer journey. I mean, I didn't even want to look at myself in the mirror, you know, and yet my husband still thought I was the most beautiful woman in America. (laughs) Because he loves you that much. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think that cancer has changed you in a positive way? Oh, it definitely has. You know, I call it a gift from God for me to help other people. Now, I was told that by the chaplain when I was at my lowest point and I made a visit to the hospital chaplain to help me spiritually. And he said, Jenny, you're an author and a speaker. Consider this a gift from God for you to help others. And the first words that came out of my mouth was, you don't understand. I don't want this gift. And he said, oh, I can see it now. Your name on a book cover to help other people with cancer. And I looked at him and I said, I don't want to write a book about cancer. I don't want to speak about cancer. Well, that's funny now because I am speaking all over the place. My book is going to many different places. And it's like now you can't stop me from doing it because I don't want anyone to go through what I went through and not have the tools in my book. And to be perfectly frank, I don't want anyone to have to be diagnosed with cancer. My book is based on eight steps that help you prevent cancer in the first place, help you get through the journey if you have cancer, and help you prevent the cancer from coming back if you're like me and a cancer survivor. It's putting the best of holistic medicine and what the cancer patient does to be a part of the prevention and be a part of the cure. The doctors have what they do. You know, I don't have that expertise, but I can be a part of the cure. And that's what I learned from the cancer journey. What the patient does, the cancer patient, is very, very important. So how was your life after cancer and what life lessons you got from your cancer journey? My life is great. Since I got through the cancer journey, I was able to be a part of my son's wedding. Hmm. And he's had two grandchildren since then. And now I have another grandchild from another son. So I am enjoying my grandchildren. I'm being the spoiling grandmother. I am, you know, speaking at women's events and at churches and doing a lot of podcasts and interviews. It has certainly changed my direction in life because I expected to do other things at this point in my life. And I've now directed my energies towards helping people prevent and survive cancer. So it's kind of set me in a different direction, one I would have never planned on my own, who would have, right? No one wants to get cancer to do this, but I certainly want to help others who are in the journey and those people that have a lot of cancer in their family and they're, they're starting to fear it. And I want them to understand that they can put a plan of action in place with lifestyle changes. And hopefully they will not hear the words, you have cancer. Yes. So have you ever asked yourself this question that why me, why I have got this cancer? And if yes, then how you cope up with this thought? 
You know, I was shocked at first, but the question I was asking, I did not blame God. A lot of people spend time being angry, blaming God, and anger only fuels the cancer. But I've been learning from my father's journey with Alzheimer's disease, dementia, that it was largely a lifestyle disease, 90% lifestyle, 10% genetics. With cancer, I was learning that cancer is 90% lifestyle and what we're doing and 10% genetics and I didn't have the genetics. So I wasn't blaming God. I was asking God to show me where I had been wrong and what I needed to do to get out of this situation. What had I done that I needed to change? That was the question that I would wake up with every morning. Lord, keep showing me what I need to change. And he did through his word, through scientific lectures, through going to cancer conventions and listening to doctors talk and answer questions and speak. I read over 50 books. I looked at the medical research. That one question, Lord, what have I done that I need to change? Sent me on a quest to research and study so that I could see what causes cancer. And not that I learned everything, but I certainly did uncover a lot and what I could do to get through this journey and prevent it from coming back. So that was the main question I was asking. What have I done? What do I need to do differently? Yes. So what would be your message to cancer patients and caregivers? I would say be a part of the cure. Your mindset, having a positive mindset is so, so important to getting through the cancer journey. Don't dwell on all the negative things around you. You know, am I going to die? You know, if you worry about that every day or worry that it's going to come back, worry suppresses your immune system. So get on an even keel, concentrate on the positive things that are happening around you. And I learned to live one day at a time and consider each day a gift from God for me to bless and help others until he takes me home. When you go through cancer, you start thinking in those type of terms. I look now and I go, you know, I've lived six and a half years beyond diagnosis. That is six and a half years I might not have had. So every day that I get to spend with my grandchildren and ministering to others and spending time with my husband, every day is a gift. So I encourage cancer patients to look at it that way. Once you've received a a diagnosis, instead of concentrating on the negatives and will this cancer come back, look at what you can do to help prevent it from coming back and look at every day of life as a gift and live one day at a time. So how did you overcome your fears of treatment or of side effects? You know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. I was very resistant to doing the chemotherapy. And I kept looking at all the side effects and my husband and I prayed about it. And we decided that we would try the first rounds of treatment and see how I reacted to it. 
And when I didn't have any major side effects, I mean, literally during chemotherapy, I was snow skiing, I was climbing mountains, and I did that Cooper River bridge run, okay? And because I wasn't having horrific, terrible side effects, we continued all the way through the chemotherapy. So by the time I sat in that chair to get my infusions for eight hours straight, I had made peace with the fact that I needed this poison to kill a greater enemy in my body. And I felt like I had a plan in place, increasing hydration, okay, exercise to relieve stress. I had already changed my diet significantly. And I was doing things to lessen the side effects that I found were backed by research. I mean, you can literally go into chemotherapy and you can choose to water fast during chemotherapy and the chemo will tend to go to the cancer cells more than the healthy cells. That is a good thing. So I finally made peace with it. And by the time I got my first infusion, I was okay with it. And I think that's important. If someone can't come to peace with it, it's not gonna work if they go in there resisting it. You know what I'm saying? So each person has to pray for guidance about how they're gonna handle their cancer. Some people go all natural. Some people go all conventional with all the chemo and surgery and radiation and medicines. And I put the two together. Now I did not do the radiation because I had built my body up that if there was any cancer left after the chemo, after the surgeries, after the immunotherapy, after the estrogen blocking pill, if there was any speck of cancer left, my body was created by God to be able to deal with that. And I knew that at that point. So I figured I'm not gonna do the radiation because of the side effects. I will let my body take care of everyday cancer cells that come up or any residue that might happen to be left. Because here I was eating blueberries every day. I was taking curcumin, a turmeric every day, green tea extract, vitamin C. I was doing things to boost my immune system so that my own body could take care of that. Hmm. So at Zeranaka.io, we help cancer patients in their journey from diagnosis to forever. So what do you think about our work? Well, I don't know as much about it, but I'm assuming that you're using a lot of holistic methods. Is that, is that what you're doing yes, to help cancer we, patients? Yeah, basically we help cancer patients in their medical treatment as well as in managing their side effects. So with our palliative care support and everything. Oh, that's, that's wonderful because it's just yes. so, it's so well needed. You know, you need support, you need advice. My insurance company provided someone for me like, like that. And uh, I think it's very important that cancer patients have someone they can go to and ask questions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they need to get a second opinion. Sometimes mm -hmm. they need more advice and you can direct them to the right person. So mm -hmm. I think all the support a cancer patient can get is necessary because it is, a it's probably the toughest journey I've ever been through. I'm stronger now for it, but I don't wanna go through it again, right? Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things that's very helpful for cancer patients is once they get through the journey, you know what's the first thing on a cancer patient's mind. I don't want the cancer coming back. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, and I that's was going to ask that great. question. That do you have the fear of reoccurrence, and if uh, if you oh, are yes. having, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And when you can put tools in their hands, like things that you're giving them, and things that are in my book, <clears throat> then it really helps. To I don't fear the cancer coming back. I realize it could, but because I'm doing things to prevent it from coming back. I don't fear it as much. I'm taking action and that's important. <clears throat> so what do you think about the stigmas that are attached to cancer and the importance of awareness for it? Can you say that again? Can you repeat that question? Yes. What do you think about the stigmas attached to cancer and the importance of awareness for it? Well, that stigma is why I didn't want to speak about cancer or write a book about it. I didn't want to be known as the cancer queen, you know, and so I had to get past the stigma in order to help other people. My daughter-in-law took pictures of me during the cancer journey when I was totally bald, <coughs> excuse me, no hair at all, right? Mm -hmm. And I really didn't want her to take those, those pictures. But now I'm glad she took them because some of them appear in my book. When I do a TV or radio, um, not, not radio, but TV or a podcast like this, sometimes they show those pictures of me completely bald. And I never thought I could let people see that. And now it just doesn't, it doesn't bother me to talk about it and to be open about it. I feel like it's a gift the Lord has given me, but yes, I resisted it at first. Why? because of the stigma. Oh, everyone will think of me as the cancer girl. And I didn't want that. And frankly, now I don't really care as long as I'm helping other people to get through it and prevent it. Yes, so if you have to sum up your journey in one sentence, then what would that be? Be a part of the cure. Don't expect your doctor to be the one that does everything because when you get involved and change your lifestyle and do the right things that promote healing and enhance your own immune system, you are going to fare better in your prognosis. So don't leave it all up to the doctor and go to the doctor and say, oh, doctor, kill my cancer while I sit here and do nothing. Take action, research, they can read my book. It's like one patient told me, all I have to do is read your book and all the research is there and I can go to any of the research articles. It's all done. But I also encourage people to do their own research too. But be a part of the cure. So thank you so much for your valuable time. I hope this session really motivates people out there who are traveling or being traveled through this cancer journey. So it was lovely having you here with us today. Once again, thank you so much. Thank you for having me and thank you for what you do for cancer patients. Yes, thank you.